to be Lisa, myself, Cassandra, and Renee. So what was your life like before you came to Mexico? Um, pretty much I, I teach, I was already teaching online and I still do teach online English. Uh, I've been doing that for almost two years now. Um, and I was pretty much, actually my life is kind of fun. I mean, I, what I did, I kind of considered my fun jobs. Um, I'm a wine and food tour enthusiast. <laughs> So in Colorado, I'm a wine and I was a wine and food tour guide. So wow! I'm, um, you know, my background is I went to I was a chef instructor. I went to school for culinary arts, and I ended up being a chef instructor. That was my first initial, besides substituting like in a public school setting, my first teaching position. I was a culinary instructor at a high school. Um, so that's how I started definitely getting into teaching. Um, I enjoyed what I did while I was in Mexico, but over the last 20 years, um, I've always wanted to live abroad. So through those years, I, you know, here and there, I, I lived in Colorado. I moved to Atlanta, Atlanta, North Carolina. North Carolina, I moved back to Colorado in 2011. So in 2011, to about 2017, 18, I looked at two know, a particular temple program bridge because the only one that's located in the U.S. is in the state of Colorado. So I would just kind of go in and I got information and then eventually in the last two years I figured out, I was like, oh, you can do it in a different country. Take that certification in a different country. Um, and so I just did a lot of research and realized that it's much cheaper, <laughs> you know, to do it in a different country. Um, and so, just through my years, I've always wanted to live in, live in abroad, and you know, I would always present it to my daughter uh, here and there when she was a young kid, teenager, just whatever age. I would just randomly say, "Oh, what would you do if you lived in Asia?" <laughs> so I you were warming her up. <laughs> yeah, and I would just see how she would react as a kid. Like she never ever once said, "I want to stay with my friend." You know, I wanted she'd always say, "Okay, let's go." It's always, "Let's go." Um, except um, her junior, sorry, her, what, right when she went into high school, she went into a, a really good performing arts high school where she had to audition to get in, and she auditioned like two different years and didn't get in the third time she got in. So there was no way I could mess with that because she got in for her four years of high school. And so I said, okay, can't do anything. Um, but again, I went to Mexico two years ago on a vacation. And that sparked that interest of really wanting to get out of the country. I mean, it just totally lit the fire all over again. And I just started, I came home and I stumbled to Mexico. <laughs> for some reason, Mexico, that was where I went. And I, it really grew on me. I've been to other places, but Mexico grew on me. And I said, oh, it's only three hours away. Um, so I just started preparing for that. And so in preparing for that, I was teaching online. And again, I... I've had my own business. I'm, I'm like, I'll be, well, I'm 47, so I've been, I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> I've had businesses. You look good. Like Thank you. Keep going, yeah. <laughs> um, i just been preparing, and my goal was that I've just kind of, or not goal, I just had this lifestyle of, I don't like working to live. You know? 
Yeah. I like I like to um or living to work, you know, I I need to I like going places. I'm very social and and I I like traveling. So this was to satisfy me traveling and abroad. And again when she was a senior, I told her, I said specifically, I said, Oh, I'm about to work on us getting to Mexico. Going down, she was still all open to that, and the goal was that she would take a gap year, and we would be in Mexico, and she would do teaching as well, and then she would go off to college. Um, timing wasn't right on like I wanted, but to where she's already been out of school seven months now. Well, about to be a, a, a year because she graduated May of uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So next month it will be a year. So we've only been in Mexico for two months. <laughs> start school but online um, right now I so I would say I, I, I was enjoying life even when I was gone when I was in the US but I knew I wanted more yeah and I, of course I would surprise people and people like why would you want to do something everyone probably got the same thing like why would you want to move to a different country like why because like, you can <laughs> yeah you but, have options life you only live once and um i travel we do travel a lot in general and so just preparing with her uh myself i'm single so i didn't feel like i was leaving anybody yeah if anyone did try to hit on me or was interested i'm like hey you got a passport (laughs) unless you had to pick up your whole life and come with me i'm not staying here so you know and you know of course men think that no, it would be selfish for you to think that I should stay here in America. <laughs> but it's actually selfish of you not to come. With me. How about that? Yeah. So we're gonna have we're gonna get to that uh, segment in a little bit about the the relationships aspect <laughs> and dating yeah. abroad. Yeah. So uh, I'll do I'll talk about my uh, life before I came to Mexico. So I graduated high school in uh, 2014. And then I uh, went to a university for culinary arts and I stayed there. I completed my uh, culinary program. And then after I finished that, I said, you know what? I don't want to work in a restaurant. <laughs> so I went through three years of culinary school to realize I didn't want to do that. And then uh, I decided, um, well, maybe I can do like nutrition or something because I'm still interested in food, but maybe I can focus on more of the health aspects of it. So I uh, took another uh, two-year program at my community college and I got uh, my associates in science. And then after that, I was like, uh, I started working. Well, the whole time I was working, you know, since I uh, graduated high school, working and going to school. And I felt like I was like too young to be stuck in a rut, you know, just work, go to school, pay bills over and over again. And so uh, when I took my first trip to uh, Chicago in 2017, uh, my dad, he, he flipped out. I wanted to go by myself. He's at Chicago. You are not going to Chicago and you're not going by yourself. So unpack your bags. Like I, I literally had all my bags packed. And <laughs> he was like, oh, you're not going nowhere. <laughs> but eventually I, I did end up going. And after I got that taste of, you know, the travel bug, 
you know, I just kept going different places. And then uh, I took my first trip out of the country in 2018. I went to Cairo, Egypt. And uh, after I crossed that, uh, like a stepping stone, I felt like, well, I went to the other side of the world by myself and, you know, nothing happened and, you know, I could do it again. And so um, I had always been interested in, you know, different languages and cultures. I had started teaching online, doing a language exchange. So not uh, being an official teacher, but just doing language exchange. And I wanted to, you know, try to immerse myself in the culture and learn Spanish. So I'm supposed to be learning Spanish. I don't know how well that's going, but I decided to, and I was working at, uh, for the state of North Carolina. So all my family were like, why would you want to leave? You got a good state job with benefits and this and that. But, you know, I was still, you know, living at home. I couldn't even afford to have my own apartment and, you know, have my own car and, you know, do all these things that I really wanted to do. So, um, I decided, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity. Like uh, Lisa said, I don't have anything, any relationship or something holding me back. So, you know, I said, let me try to take a, a year and see if I could, you know, live on my own and be independent. So um, my life before I came to Mexico was uh, pretty, you know, stuck in a rut and, you know, being dependent on my family. But now I feel, you know, more independent. I can, you know, have more confidence and be able to do things on my own without, you know, asking for help all the time. All right, Cassandra, you want to talk about your life okay. before? Yeah, so just a little background. Um, I was raised with a military father. He was in the Army. So I was actually born in Germany and then moved to Missouri for elementary school and then moved back to Germany for middle school and then back to Missouri for high school. Cool. And um, and I lived in a really small town. So I've always had like the travel bug, I think because of uh, being born abroad and getting to travel around Europe a little bit. So um, in 2017, I was living in Houston and um, I was a children's church director and I transitioned back into the classroom. So I was a teacher and then a children's church director, and then back into the classroom um, because my passion is teaching. But I became really frustrated with the way that we teach sometimes, teaching to the test. Um, and I was teaching second graders, which is my favorite grade and age to teach. Um, but a lot of times we were just preparing them to take an assessment so that we could analyze the data and test them again for growth. <laughs> and I'm like, we're not teaching. I don't have time to teach. So um, that was year seven, I believe, in education, and I was frustrated, and I'm like, you know what, I'm stepping back out of the classroom, but I decided before I did it, I wanted to experience teaching in another country. I had always wanted to live abroad. I always said I wanted to live in a Spanish-speaking country uh, because I studied Spanish, and I wanted to be able to practice it and be immersed into another culture and it's funny because um, I had a friend or a former colleague who was living in Costa Rica and I would see her post you know beach pictures or vacation pictures and I'm like "Ooh, is that what it's like to teach abroad so I reached out to her we did like a Skype call and then I applied to the position and um, 
got the offer and I was like praying for a confirmation. I'm like, this is a really big, big jump. And it is just me. Um, and I was reminded that about five years prior, no, about four or five years before that. So like in 2013, I had gone through a divorce. And so I remember joking around with my um, family and I'm like, I'm going to move. And they're like, we know you will leave the country. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to pick up and move. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go live in Costa Rica. And guys, I knew nothing about Costa Rica. Like didn't know where it was on the map. Wasn't sure what the language, (laughs) I was like, they do speak Spanish, right? Wasn't sure where it was or anything. But um, when I was praying for confirmation, I was reminded that years prior, I had actually said, I will get up and leave and, and live in Costa Rica. And then after that, you know how it is. Like, I saw, like, Costa Rican tilapia on the uh, on the Papado's menu. And I saw, like, Costa Rican wine. It's a <laughs> sign. I met this lady from Costa Rica. We became friends at this boutique. And she, like, introduced me to her culture. And, like, just everything was like, Costa Rica, Costa Rica. So I was like, okay, that's what I need. So I decided to sign a contract. I thought I was signing a one-year contract. And then we were just going to see how it went. And then I was going to sign another one-year contract. Well, I signed a two-year contract. (laughs) So um, I transitioned, and that's how I wound up in Costa Rica teaching at an international private school. Wow, that's great. All right, Renee? Yeah. So I guess I got to give a little background history, too, about how... I got into international teaching. When I was in college, I studied abroad. It was a semester where, um, it was a spring semester where I noticed a lot of people disappeared. My friend Hugh, my friend Julie, just different ones. And I would see, you know, people that knew them and they was like, oh, they're studying in another country. And I was like, we can study in another country. So when, when I was going through high school, I took four years of Spanish three years of Latin, and you always heard about people um, in the Spanish club going to Spain, going to Mexico. I kind of grew a dislike for those countries, so when I realized in college that there was an opportunity, that I was also majoring in engineering. So I remember that I needed to continue. I didn't want to see that individual that graduated seven years later, they did seven years in undergrad, so I wanted to make sure that I could go to a school where I was going to still be able to get credit for engineering. And um, to make a long story short, there were three different Spanish-speaking countries, Colombia, Mexico, and Spain. Mexico and Spain were automatically taken off the list. Mexico was just too close to the U.S., and Spain is where everybody wants to learn Spanish. A lot of people, like how many other people mentioned, like, what are you going to do when you're going away? Um, you know, how, why are you going to run? My family is all, all immigrants. I can't, like, my entire family, both my mom and my dad's side, dad's side immigrated from Jamaica to the U.S. and here. I was leaving that dream and going to another country. When I saw that Colombia was the only option, I was like, just like how Cassandra mentioned, I was like, because I was kind of upset when I saw the list of schools that I could go to. And when I realized where Columbia was located, I was like, this is it. This is where I'm going. And I began to realize I had so many different Colombians around me. 
friends that lived on my floor that I didn't realize that they were Colombian. And from there, it was like this bug. So I studied abroad in Colombia. Fast forward, graduated from college, moved to Houston for grad school. My first year, my second year in Houston, my college roommate sent me a letter. And in this letter was in, um, a flyer about the Fulbright Teacher Exchange Program. And that the deadline had just passed and I couldn't apply, but there was still this bug within me to continue to go abroad. Even when I was looking for grad school, I was looking to go into the Peace Corps. A minimalistic lifestyle, but I just wanted to go back overseas. So the following year I applied. And because I had already studied abroad in Colombia, I was like, well, you know, Colombia was another option. But I was like, oh, well, maybe Mozambique or I'd be interested in Peru. However, the way the Fulbright Strategic Selection Program goes is that the countries will place a bid on you. Who placed a bid on Renee? Colombia. I went back to Columbia, so now not to, as an exchange student, but to be a teacher. And um, I taught in a public school, coming from a bilingual program in in Houston, and going to what they considered bilingual. Um, I was a little bit deceived because you know I that was my major for that's what I focused on during my my master's degree program, and I was really looking at how to really develop and and help students a second language. So while um, the time in Colombia, um, before when I was in Houston, I, I loved Houston. Like after getting over the heat and getting connected, I, I really enjoyed the city. But then again, that pull to go back and live overseas was there. And, um, and that's just kind of what my life was like. It wasn't as if I was in a grid. I, my, my, my college roommate kind of knew what my purpose was when she sent me that letter and even though I couldn't apply for that first year, the following year I did and after that I've been abroad ever since. Um, after working with the Fulbright Teacher Exchange Program, I wanted more. I wanted to really have an authentic, working authentic bilingual school because that was my focus and so I thought that out and through that I, I got contracted to a Colombian American school in Cartagena. I worked for five years and once you get into an international school you begin to network with other people you go to conferences you meet people who are coming from other places and you begin to realize there's a whole world of international teaching out of there and after meeting different people and seeing friends going off to Japan or to Mexico, Colombia is not the end all um I did end up coming to Panama, and I've been in Panama, but now life in Panama, it's like, again, you still want to grow. I felt like I reached that I want to continue to grow more now as, as an educator. And in July, when the airport's open, uh, life will be taking me and my family to Taiwan. Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, our next question is going to be, uh, what were the, like, negative or non-supportive comments that you receive from family or friends or co-workers about your decision to move to another country. All right, Lisa. Oh, you're on mute, Lisa. Can you you're on mute. <laughs> oh, my bad. Okay. Um, Mexico equals only one word, dangerous. <laughs> 
the only thing you would I would ever hear in, in the event I would hear, oh, it's dangerous. You sure you want to go? There's dangerous. It's dangerous. Most drugs is this, is that. I'm like, yeah, but I could die in Walmart tomorrow. Yeah. I might do these, things like that. Um, and now, of course, where I live, where, where I chose to teach, I looked it up, and Leech Will Come was kind of up there as one of the uh, more known and more drug cartel, and I want to yeah, say for Alfred Trumbull's <laughs> Yeah, a little more higher uh, activity. I, now, I did reach out to the principal, and I told her what I found. I said, I don't want to be naive, but yet I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to profile or be judgmental. I mean, I need to know, like, what could I be walking into? And, you know, she's a Mexican. American and she comes to live in America, born in Mexico, lived in America, came back. She's like, she's like, Lisa, I've never experienced any of that. I've never seen that. I've never experienced it. So, I mean, even in Guadalajara, I, I, I live there. I love Guadalajara. I'm a city kid, so I love, I like hustle and bustle. I like to go to something around. Um, it's just more so the dangerous. Hard, and there was really nothing positive. I mean, I think, I mean, when people think positive, then they, they're just thinking about touristy type things like going to Puerto Vallarta, going to buy an yeah. apartment. You know, those are the two places that would be the positive. Um, and when I got here, uh, when I came last year, uh, last summer, uh, I stayed with a host family. I didn't want to stay in a hotel because I'm like, no, I want to get a real, you know, uh, feel for Mexico since it's going to be my real first time as not a tourist. And so I stayed with a Mexican family and yeah, they gave me some hints now. They're like, uh, don't wear your backpack. You know, wear your backpack on the front over. Uh, you should not hold your phone. That they would say, they use the word dangerous a lot. Like, the word dangerous and expensive. <laughs> Those are just common words used in Mexico. That's dangerous. Um, and they would say Mexico is dangerous. Careful. I do. I, I believe them because it's coming from a local. I'm going to believe a local before I believe someone who just travels here on vacation. But I still have to live my life and kind of still embody what is dangerous as a common for me for common common sense. I'm not going to be chilling in the worst neighborhoods in. America, so I'm not going to be chilling in the worst neighborhoods or around the worst people in Mexico. I mind your business, do what you're supposed to do. No one probably is not going to really bother you. Yeah. And crime happens, crime does happen. Um, but I can't say that I've had, I mean, the people have been very wealthy. I know about uh, Tiffany and even going to Colombia and Costa Rica, all of us. Being, being black, um, whether it be darker black, dark skin, light skin, they definitely stare a lot. Yes. They just stare. I mean, in some of them, they look, and I feel more comfortable here than if, let's say, honestly, if I were in an Asian country. I would feel like they're staring at me as though I'm kind of an animal, as opposed to if I was in, let's say, China, as opposed to I'm in Mexico, and they stare at me. They stare at me with, they not seen my kind, but they probably have seen my kind. Yeah. Uh, 
and I have been mistaken the majority of the time. No one ever mistakes me for American. They mistake me for every other Latin country with a black with black. Well, I've been mistaken for Panamanian, uh, uh, Panamanian. I mean, Panamanian and Cuban. Those are the first two. That yeah, have. Cuban definitely. <laughs> yeah. When I start to speak and I can't really speak Spanish like I want, then yeah, they're like. Oh, one time someone said they think, where are you from? You from Africa? <laughs> what? I don't know why that was so funny to me, but I said, I guess I can only be from one or two places, Africa or a Latin country. I don't know. I just couldn't be from America at all. Um, but no, I would say it's, it's, people would say dangerous. Yeah. Uh, and, but I've been here and say I've experienced that. Yeah. Okay. So your experience is pretty similar to mine. Um, every time I said, oh, I'm going to Mexico. Oh, everybody said, be careful. Be careful. I'm going to Mexico. Be careful. Like <laughs> it was like a broken record. Be careful. But uh, I had a few family members. Um, I have a cousin who's half Mexican and he was telling me, yeah, I've been to Mexico. It's dangerous down there and this and that, this and that. I'm like, okay. But I mean, I feel like if, if you're not involved, like Lisa said, if you're not involved with, you know, the cartel and if you just mind your business, nothing too extreme is going to happen. But uh, most of my family, they started, they kind of got a little bit uncomfortable with it. And um, I had, I threw this big party and uh, I put it on Facebook, move into Mexico party. I didn't give any details. So like everybody showed up like, what's going on? Why are you moving to Mexico? So, you know, I took the opportunity to explain them what I was doing, that I was going with the program and, you know, it's, it's going to have, I'm going to have some types of uh, communication with you all. I'm not going to, you know, a desert island where I can't, you know, talk to anybody, but I try to do everything I can to make them comfortable. But still at the end of the day, you know, I have to, you know, be my own person. I can't, you know, wait for other people's approval, you know, so uh, that was my experience. All right, Cassandra. I think that, um, when I said I was moving to Costa Rica, I had prepared the people around me, <laughs> um, just by my lifestyle. Um, as Renee mentioned, I studied abroad in college as well, my freshman year. So I went to um, Korea for a month. Then my junior year, I was in South Africa for a semester. And then after college, I was in Jamaica three times. I went to the Dominican um, and visited. I've also taken like a solo trip to uh, Colorado. I met this older lady at church and she was just so adorable. I was like, she just is like my grandma, like I adopted her. So my spring break, I think my sophomore year of college, um, I went and spent a week with her. <laughs> Did not know this lady. Whoa. We just had like mutual, she was, she was the grandmother of a friend of a friend. So I, I knew I wouldn't be murdered. <laughs> At least I thought I wouldn't be. Um, yeah. I thought it was safe enough. I've taken trips to like New York and then I went and just moved to Houston. So my track record was one that like I could pick up and go. And I think my family and friends were prepared. Um, 
So from the friend standpoint, I'm like the poster child of adventure for my friends. Like, <laughs> oh, I wish I was just like you. I could get up and so everybody was like, rah, 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 we're going to live through you. <laughs> and um, my family was a little quieter. Yeah. <laughs> They're a little more quiet, which I know was them saying she's going to do it anyway. How do we like support her authentically, but also, you know, not be too excited so my mom told me she had given me to God a long time ago when I asked her how she felt about me moving she was like I've already <laughs> like I just I just gave I you to God I'm, I'm not stressing yeah, about it like I, I've done it many times and she said in the last time it was for the last time <laughs> so I think she was saying you're not about to stress me out basically um my sister was yeah she she knew I was moving to Costa Rica, but she was like, what do they have, Mexicans? So she was, like, also missing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope she doesn't see this. <laughs> she was also <laughs> missing it. <laughs> um, so in a nutshell, people were supportive and excited for me and with me. And um, the lady that I knew from Costa Rica gave me a very accurate picture and description of Costa Rica. So I went without much worry or hesitation um, or stress I didn't receive a whole lot of discouragement actually and that's because Costa Rica is a very peaceful beautiful wonderful country so there's really not a whole lot of negative to say yeah yes crime happens yes there's poverty I mean there's the things you would find anywhere but it's it's really an incredible country so that's when I looked it up that's what I that's what I saw and that's what I found that's great. And uh, Renee, you're going to be the last one. I think we might have to do a part two to get to the juicy stuff on maybe another on maybe <laughs> next weekend or maybe tomorrow. We'll discuss. But uh, you can you can finish up, Renee. Well, similar to Lisa, um, some of the things I heard. So I'm going to this is like my grandfather. He um, again immigrated to the U.S. and when my mom, similar to Cassandra's mom, God's fair mom, she's like, I'm going to pray. God's going to make a way. How are you going to support yourself? So for my grandfather, it was like, what do you want to do in Jimmy in Colombia? You don't know, so the drug cart tells them. So that's just him. He just goes off with the park boys. I get to worry about the kidnapping. You got the cartels. You got the Pablo Escobar. You know, mad. You know, come look for you in Colombia. Those are kind of things that, you know, some of them that they would say. But... After going and they saw that I was there and I, you know, the, my, grand, my grandmother was able to come, they they were at peace. So there was negativity because, again, it's the first time I went to come, it was the height of the kidnapping, the height of the paramilitaries and the guerrillas, you know, the civil warfare. Um, going to Panama, to Panama, again, I just told my grandfather, you go into um, Noriega's land, all right, you're going to live on the canal. But he would make these jokes. But at the same time, Panama is, is, a, is a, a cultural part. you got Jamaicans. you got you, you have a lot of West Indians. You have people from the States, you know, um, so much about people that people don't know whether I'm from Costa Rica or if I'm Colombian or if I'm even Panamanian. Like, they, they just don't know. Um, when I shared the news about going to Taiwan, a very close cool friend was like, why so far? Don't you see what's going on over there with, you know, the virus and what, do you know, can you even speak Mandarin? This is not like you're being in Latin America. So 
even though there's been so many different um, things, I know that people will still support me because and they may have something there, but then they're going to be proud of what I'm doing to know, wow, Renee went here, she did this, Renee is now there. So at first they're concerned, but then when they see what you're able to achieve, yeah. it even motivates them as well. It gives them an opportunity, gives them hope, and they're able to share, they'll brag. I'm pretty sure all of your parents and your family members, your friends are bragging, oh, you know, my girl Cassandra was down, she was all up in Limon, and Lisa and Tiffany are in Michoacan, Mexico, and, and we become someone that motivates and empowers others to get up and, and take that risk which a lot of people are not doing. Yeah, that's something I want to do is motivate people. With the virus, very few people will be willing to go to the state next door. Thank you guys so much for listening to the end of the podcast. I hope you stay tuned for the next episode.